Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network, wherever you are in this amazing continent of ours. You are with the Double L team filling in for the M Factor while Mon is away, Lyle and... Lawson. Yes. Yes. Lyle and Lawson. That's right. That's Absolutely. us. Lawson is here doing the introduction to the... Uh, um, the delayed broadcast. Yes. I'll, I'll get there eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to doing uh, the, the last two weeks while Lawson has been away at Arise. I've been mm. doing the delayed introductions myself and I nearly just did the whole thing without you. Yeah, that's okay. Yes, we just forget you're there sometimes. Yeah. Very forgettable person. (laughs) 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 I I came here to laugh, not to get offended. That's right. That's right. I'm going to go in the corner and cry now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, what do we have coming up in today's show, Lawson? We're going to calculate the value of Mon. Yeah. That's going to be fun. It is. It's going to be good. And uh, yes, I want you to think about your spouse and find out whether, fi- figure out how much do you think your spouse is valued, is worth? <laughs> how much is your spouse valued, Lyle? Yeah, well, that's a very good question because um, she did not get cows for her <laughs> engagement present. Anyway, so she just get on. love. Moving you know <laughs> See what I did there. Yeah, yeah, I saw it. Uh, anyway, um, coming on today's broadcast, not only going to calculate uh, Mon's value, but we're also going to talk about, obviously, Cardinal Pell. That's old news by the time you get it here on the delayed broadcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to be doing our encounter with God, where we're going to get stuck into the seventh trumpet, which mm. means that tomorrow we get into Revelation chapter 12, a new prophecy. Yeah. Um, so that's going to be interesting. What else are we talking about, Lawson? You got some uh, oh, yeah. technology. To I'm talk talking about, about plastic bags mm-hmm. and how they're really great. Yes, contrary to popular belief, uh-huh. they're actually is, um, the greatest thing ever. Ceased to be a greenie this morning. <laughs> and we're also talking about Michael J. Fox and the the research that and, and the uh, the money and, and everything that's going into the development of um, new treatments for Parkinson's disease. So, okay, so that's that's, that's all stuff. coming up, and we know all about it because it's the delayed broadcast. And mm. of course, if you'd like to listen to the live show, and we would love you to listen to the live show, just go to faithfm.com.au, press play. Bam. It's that easy, Bam. or download TuneIn Radio or any other radio app to your phone and uh, listen to it there. That's the best way that you get perfect signal uh, right across Australia. Play it through and the car. it's always going to be live. Play it through the car. Play it through the car. Play it in your headphones. Uh-huh. Bluetooth speaker. Aux cord. Anything like, you know, bam, bam, play, bam. Play you insert. got it. We got it. Good times. It's all covered. Anyway, stay tuned, guys. We're going to be back right after this song with the rest of the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. Farther 
cause he loves them both We're all castaways in need of rope Hanging on by the last threads of our hope In a house, a mirror full of smoke Confusing illusions I've seen Where did I go wrong? I sang along to every chorus of the song
That was Josh Garrels with Further Along here on Faith FM. And unfortunately, this morning, Mon is just finished traveling to Amboseli in Kenya. And as a result of that, her battery on her phone is completely flat. She is unable to talk to us. Um, she did get a message through just before it died, but hopefully she will be on air again tomorrow morning to give us an update and tell us what Amboseli is all about. Of very famous name right there. But it does mean that we get to the quiz a little bit earlier. So, Lawson, hit us up. What okay, got? here we go. This is a Who Am I quiz. All right. Alrighty. So, this is a person. This is a person. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. Yep. Yep. You good to go? Good to go. All right. Pen and paper. Ready to write something down. I am the son of Alphaeus. Ah, uh, yeah. Too easy. Oh, incorrect, sir. Ah, uh, what? No, it's not. That's <laughs> yeah, actually, it is. That's actually correct. No, it's not correct. I'm sorry. <laughs> it is correct. No, it's not. It's correct. It's not. It's not correct. Incorrect. So if you know who the son of Alphaeus was, give us a call. 1-800-324-843. name I have written down is one of the sons of Alphaeus. <laughs> one of. Come on, we're here to get it right. Yeah, okay. two. So you can get double prizes because... Because... Because Lyle didn't get it, you will be able to get double prizes if you call 1-800-324-843. Because <laughs> Lyle wrote the, long, the wrong sundown. <laughs> the wrong answer. I think you just got it wrong. No, I, think. I don't have it wrong. <laughs> it's not wrong. I'll show it to you in the Bible. All right. <laughs> going, going, going and looking at some positively different news. Okay, Lyle, I think we've established that my favorite kind of news is two things. Renewable energy... Um, um, renewable energy, you know, developments uh-huh. and environmental news. Yeah, that's because you never, you never pull out the tearjerkers that Mon does. Yeah. Why, why is this, Lawson? Why, why well, do, no, I gotta, Mon, Mon loves to give us the tearjerkers and the weekly fluff, and I haven't heard any tearjerkers or weekly fluff. I got one after this. It's since good. you have been here. It's all good. We have Lawson one. Has we have yet. one coming. Mon cries on air sometimes. Once. Yeah, I, I just. I just don't feel like, you know, embarrassing myself in that way. <laughs> okay. Okay, here we go. Um, this is something that's really cool. So It's, it's, we've it's manly to cry, I guess. <laughs> you can do that. I'll leave that to you, Lyle. <laughs> so, we've, right, just, right, okay, we've okay. just had this, like, massive plastic bag reduction in Australia, right? So, in New South Wales, they, uh, they banned plastic bags. And that led to an 80% reduction of the use of plastic bags in Australia, which was, like, a really great thing. But now, some, some scientists from the Purdue University have just found out that they can use the plastic bags um, and recycle them to make batteries for smartphones. Really? Yeah, so the already existing plastic bags, they can get those plastic bags that are all in landfill, and um, th- this technique... Basic- so we're going we're gonna to start mining the dumps? Yeah. For plastic bags. For plastic bags. To make batteries. That, to make that is seriously, seriously. So, um, experts long suspected that uh, polythylene um, in, in plastic bags would be a cheap source of energy, but um, their constant attempts, you know, they kept trying to convert it and they could never do anything that was economically viable. Mm-hmm. They were like, no, nah, this, this isn't sustainable, isn't going to work. Um, but yeah, they've just come up with this super efficient um, approach where, you know, the, the poly thylene gets melted down into these chips and those chips then 
work somehow. I'm not a scientist, but I just know that I read this and I was like, this is so good because what does this mean? It means more batteries for my phone and less plastic bags in the environment. And it's just yep, like that can't be a bad so, thing. So so good. Hey, you want to hear something else that's really cool? Okay. What's so up? we have calculated Mon's value. Oh yeah. Yes, we now we now know how much Mon is worth. Okay. All right. So for those of you who are, who were listening yesterday, when Mon called through for her uh, daily update, uh, I think she was in the Serengeti or somewhere or other, um, and uh, she had been proposed to by a Maasai prince. Mm. And he had gone above and beyond to offer 12 Frisian cows rather than the usual 10, which is the value of a wife. Wow. So 12 what a man. Frisian cows. So how much do you reckon 12 cows are worth? You got any idea? 12, 12 Frisians. 12, I have so, so Aaron no Brown is, um, is, is, he actually texted through during the program yesterday and we didn't get it in, until the end of the program. But uh, with uh, information on the value of Frisian cows. Mm-hmm. As it turns out, they are worth anywhere from $1,400 to $2,000 each, depending on their breed and quality and size and so forth. Wow. Okay, what? so that... Okay, all right, all right. Think about that. Okay, <laughs> now we know Mon's value. Mon's value is somewhere between seventeen and $24,000. What a man. What am I'm like? I'm just stoked for Mon. This is this is what this is what this African prince was prepared to pay for Mon. Th- that is so like that's a, that's a that should be a massive confidence boost. That right is there. a pretty substantial engagement ring. Like imagine buying an engagement <laughs> ring that costs twenty four thousand dollars. Yes, that would be the most insane thing ever. Maybe I don't know, but I, I you know I've never proposed to anyone or gone shopping for rings, so I, I'm not. And just in case, and just in case, Aaron's wife is listening. Yes, he did say that he would pay that in a heartbeat, <laughs> without Shout even out blinking, Aaron. if that was uh, the cost of his wife. Yeah, the Aaron. That's so good. <laughs> awesome, man. Love that it. is that. That's just the best. That's like, oh, why don't we do that? But with cooler things, like I'll buy you a $20,000 car if you marry me. Yeah, because you're going to buy yourself a $20,000 car. It's like, this is going to be a car that Lawson likes. Yeah. This is it's not like, a car that, this is not a minivan. No, 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 no. This is this is something like, that Lawson hey, likes. Hey, babe, I bought you a car so we can get married. It's like a two-seater sports car. Like, <laughs> you know, we can drive it together, you know. I, in fact, I'll drive you around in it, but it's yours but we're together, so it's And when ours. I go away, I'm probably going to need to take it with me. Yeah. You know, it's going to be faster than mine kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, no, maybe I'll just stick to yeah. the classic engagement ring or the classic watch. Ooh, throw, throw a watch in. That would be, that'd be pretty spicy. But anyway, here we go. More, more news. I talked about, I said, you know, I don't know if this would be a tearjerker, but it's just a really, really great thing. Have you heard of Michael J. Fox? Surely you've heard of Michael yeah, J. Yeah, Fox, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the actor, uh-huh, you know, Back uh-huh. to the Future yeah. and, and all these things. Um, so he was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease um, in the very, very early 2000s. And it's pretty well known that he um, suffers from Parkinson's disease. Yeah, and uh, advocates for it and so forth. Advocates, yeah. So he, his foundation, the, the Michael J. Fox Foundation, has currently, you know, up to this point, has given... $800 million to Parkinson's disease research and they've just put out another grant for 200 you know well a, a couple of grants um, that 
amass up to $240 million for more Parkinson's disease research. So this is just, this is really cool. He, like Michael J. Fox, it's really good when you see people who are like rich and famous using their, their wealth and influence for things that are good. And yeah, he's just, just doing his best um, to, to just try and further the research of Parkinson's disease. One of those research found, uh you know, one of the, the research projects that are going on at the moment is from the University of Auckland in New Zealand. Um, and they have currently um, found that they've found that one of the most, the, the biggest risk factors to getting Parkinson's disease is the mutation of a gene known as GBA or mm. glucocerebrosidase beta acid. That's right. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. That. 100%. So, that. So, they found that the mutations to that, yes. or GBA, um, you know, uh, over 15% of people who have Parkinson's disease, you know, it mostly comes from the fact that GBA is mutated. So, they're just doing a bunch of research. Um, you know, they'll, they're using, you know, gene, this genome mapping tool and all this crazy stuff that I know nothing about because I'm not a doctor, but that sounds really cool and sounds like the name of something that is really expensive, um, which is why they need the grant. But yeah, they're just using the, all this stuff to try and get down to the bottom of this and, and fix it and try and come up with solutions and, and, and different treatments for it. And I think, I don't know, I'm just like, oh, Jay Fox, you're a gun. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's so good. Yeah. And because I think... You know, this is this is this is somebody who has obviously made a success of their life and made a lot of money in their life mm. um, in the past, and to be able to then you know uh, focus that attention on on making the world a better place mm. is a good thing. And obviously, he's got a lot of motivation for that because this is something that uh, he suffers from. But yeah. it's also something that probably won't be fully solved, you know, during his lifetime. Yeah, but will hopefully be solved to solve you know the, the yeah. issue for. You know, many generations to come in the future if our world is to continue that long. Mm, fully, fully, so good. This is Melissa Otto with C with new Trust eyes. In your father's love, don't let doubt enter into your heart. Every breath that you breathe is a gift from him. He is close to you and closer still. Do not bow your head down low, regretting and fretting, feeling dismayed. See through new eyes, the old self has died. Do not go back to your old chains. Your life cost him dearly, even the life of his son. That you might be redeemed, you are forgiven and clean. Arise and walk in the freedom he bought for you. I was lost in sin, but you reached down and pulled me out to be lost in your great love. So rich and measureless, strong and boundless, never-ending love, never-ending love. 
Okay, so we are back again. That was Melissa Otto with See With New Eyes. And uh, as we get into this segment, we have another clue for the yes, quiz. Yes, we have the quiz that you are getting wrong. <laughs> I am right. Okay, so... And this, you know that I'm this right. This guy, he's the son of Alpheus, so That's we already right. established that. Uh-huh. And he is one of the 12 disciples. Already knew that as well. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. Give, give it a go. All right, all right, all right, all right, 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 Oh, incorrect. Yeah, I didn't think that one was correct. <laughs> I figured out what this other guy, this guy's other brother was. Anyway. Yeah, I think, I think the next clue we'll, we'll give it yeah, to you. Yeah, the next two. Yeah. Okay, all right, so still, still, still two prizes available. Mm-hmm. So but before we get on to, before oh. we get on to serious news, oh. I, I, I have oh. a question. Yeah. I have a question. Okay. Um, Mark. We, we need to get a, we need to get a uh, a, a woman's opinion here. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, <laughs> Marta is the only uh, she's our amazing producer, and, and I have to ask this question: um, if if somebody was marrying you and you had the choice between a twenty four thousand dollar engagement ring or twelve cows, which would you prefer? <laughs> I want to know the answer to this one The ring or the cows I'm going to ask a few women the question You're going to go with the ring? You're going to go with the ring okay. The cows give you milk And cows are such sweet creatures oh, You don't drink milk Oh, she's lactose intolerant. Oh, she's lactose intolerant. And she's a vegetarian So it's like, what does she need the cows for? But they're such beautiful pets you know, cows, they have their, their big long face and they and you, and you give them apples over the fence and they come and drool. No, and just, cows are dumb. No, cows are not cow, dumb. Oh, you cow, have never owned cows cow, if you think that cows, cows are, are dumb. dumb. Cows, cows are dumb. Cows just stand around and eat grass. They make out like they're dumb because they're trying to fool you. <laughs> Believe me, cows are stupidly intelligent. <laughs> Seriously. Stupidly stupid. Anyways, yep, give us some serious I don't even news. want to talk about this. Everybody's talking about this. I can't not talk about this. Yeah. This is the big news. True. Cardinal Pell. Yeah. 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 Um, is there anything that hasn't been said yet? I don't know, man. I was, like I said in our introduction, I was at home yesterday and I was watching a bit of ABC News and literally all day it was on. Like, it's just So, massive. I thought I'd make some, I thought I'd make some reflections and these are just my personal reflections and the first one is that this is a very sad day. Mm, fully. Um, it's, it's particularly sad for victims. Hmm. We know that when a person is convicted of child sex offences, um, one conviction usually represents somewhere between two to three hundred offences. Wow. The problem is that with rape and uh, sex abuse, these are the most difficult cases to prove. They're almost impossible to prove because they are nearly always, he said, she said circumstances, mm. or he said he. In this case, he he said he said, mm. uh, and, and which is worthless in court. Mm-hmm. You know, unless you have witnesses, unless you have solid evidence, and there are a whole bunch of people who have brought allegations forward that have not been brought to court, have not been brought to trial, uh, simply because there is not enough evidence to build a credible case. Mm. This one case has come has made it through. And uh, Cardinal Pell has been 
found guilty of that. But it makes me feel very sad for all of the victims today. I sort of wonder what are they going through, mm. um, you know, and not just Pell's victims, but other victims that are out there. Yeah. Um, There's going to be a hard day all around because this is just going to be dragged through and through and through and through until, it, you know, and it's part of how, how our society deals with it. It's part of how we find closure. I get that. But... Um, yeah, and I also feel bad for, you know, the uh, the victims that have these kinds of issues before the courts mm. because, you know, you take something like this to court and you've got two, three, four years, whatever, of it being dragged through the court system um, and that's just going to be, you know, just, just a horrific process. Yeah, fully. Uh, but I do, I do just absolutely admire anyone who has the guts to do so. Mm. Um, I feel sad for Christianity in general. It's a sad day for Christianity because the Roman Catholic Church is so big that it is often seen as the representative of Christianity. Yeah. And while Christianity for the last 15, 20 years, whatever, has been pointing the finger at Islam as being a horrific religion, uh, we now have this massive, massive finger being pointed back at Christianity mm. and saying, okay, Islam might be doing some violent things in some parts of the world, but this is something that is taking place globally within Christianity. You know, and it's not warriors going up against each other. Mm. This is you know, the most innocent of the innocent being damaged irreparably. And yeah. you know, that's just... Um, <sighs> Like it's what? just really, really, really sad, you know. It's and it's one of the things that goes through my mind is you know this passage in uh, well, there's a couple of passages passages in Revelation, and I guess the only thing that sort of encourages me is that as a Seventh Day Adventist, we have maintained the Protestant um, teaching, mm. you know, from the Reformation that this is an Antichrist system. Yeah, and while. Child sex abuse exists in all denominations, in all clergy. It is nothing like as endemic as what it is in the Roman Catholic system. And there are specific mm. reasons for that, the confessional and uh, the uh, and celibacy you know, being the two biggest of those identified by our Royal Commission right here. But, you know, the Bible says that there is a time when the sins of Babylon are exposed to the world, and it says... And uh, and will make her desolate and naked, and shall eat her flesh and burn her with fire. This is what the world is talking about. How that they will react, mm. you know, once they see just how th- th- this is a, a corrupt system. Mm. Um, you go over the page to chapter eighteen, and you know, in her was found the blood of prophets and saints, and all of those that were slain upon the earth. Very, very, very strong language. That you know, in the past when we have preached that, people are like, "Oh, that's such an unChristian thing to say." And even when you preach it in the nicest possible way, it, it you know people are like how can you possibly say something about that? Yeah. But you know now what we are starting to see is just horrific abuses being exposed, and the Bible being justified in what the Bible says. When the Bible uses strong language, when God uses strong language, He has a reason for it. Mm. And that reason is a valid reason. We should never ever just because we don't have the evidence for it yet, just brush it aside. Hmm. The other thing that we need to remember, of course, is that this court case is only half over. Yeah. So the appeal has now been launched. The court case is only half over. And so this is going to continue for another extended period of time. And, you know, ultimately, I'm just incredibly sad for Roman Catholics because the Roman Catholic Church is made up primarily of good, devout, honest Christian people. 
yeah. who love the Lord. And I can't even imagine what it would be like. I feel I feel horrible, you know, for all Christians and, 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 and feel that there's this massive cloud over Christianity right now. And, you know, I go and tell people I'm a pastor and it's like, ooh. You yeah, know? You sort of, But these days I, I think, you know, if I was to tell like, oh, you know, I'm a Roman Catholic, it's almost the equivalent of uh, telling people you're going on a holiday to Thailand or something or other. Yeah. Where people just suddenly question. There's just this automatic this question mark is like, why? Yeah. Fully. And, you know, that should never be the case because, and, and, and we need to recognize that the vast majority of these people, we should not be looking down on them. We should not be, um, you know, because more often than not, these, these, these are the victims, not the perpetrators. Mm. Um, <clears throat> so I guess those are my, some of my reflections on, uh, on you know, where things has happened. And, 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 of course, the big question that goes through my mind is what is it going to take to bring about change. Mm. You know, we keep going on and on and on about it. We deal with story after story after story. This never, ever leaves the news. I know, as somebody who you know, is, an, is a commentator on the news, I can come into work every single day of the year and there is going to be a scandal about child sex abuse somewhere in the world relating mm. to the Catholic Church. Yeah. And it's just, how long? Mm. How long before we get rid of celibacy and the confessional? Mm. How long before we hold the Catholic Church to account and say, no, mandatory sentencing and mandatory celibacy is illegal because it is creating a system. And, you know, we've spent how many millions of taxpayers' money to produce evidence-based research to show that this is the case? Yeah. You know, how long is, is, is Pope Francis going to sit up there in the Vatican and, and have councils and summits and call his bishops and cardinals together to make nice statements before he actually does something? Anyway, this is Gregor Pillay.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM, and joining us in the studio is David, who is a regular guest here on on a basically a weekly basis. David, yes, we, we miss once or twice every now and then when you've uh, been away, but that's pretty much it. Now, David, last week we were talking about social media and the impact of social media on our mental health. Yeah. Um, some of the pros and cons. We learned that uh, the most popular social media is Facebook with 15, was it, 15 million, million, million users, yeah. monthly active users, followed by Instagram with 9 million. Uh, billion, sorry. That's, that's, no, no, million. No, no, million, 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 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm reading it wrong. Okay. Yeah, we don't have that many people in the world. Never mind well, th- me. This is actually in Australia only. Okay, this is Australia. I'm going to say that's too too small of a number, but okay, this is in Australia. Monthly users. All right. So Twitter comes in at number nine. That might surprise you because we hear about Twitter on the media all the time. But... Um, then you've got uh, that with nine million. With, sorry, with three million. I get my numbers right here. This <laughs> okay, so WordPress five point seven million. WhatsApp five million. LinkedIn four point two. Snapchat four million. Tumblr three point eight million users. They're all ahead of Twitter here in this country. But you know, when we look at all these stats, I think it's fair to say that as a society, we are increasingly getting addicted to social media. Uh, I think. I think, Lyle, that's a fair assumption. Uh, we said last time that social media can be used responsibly. You and I, I believe, I hope, are using it responsible. Hopefully. Uh, and and it, can, it can benefit us and other people. Uh, but it can also be used irresponsibly and in a, in a destructive and har- harmful way for ourselves. It can harm our own mental health. And actually it can harm other people as well. Indeed. So when does the use of social media become an addiction? What, what, what is a social media addiction? So like any addiction, uh, it has its compulsive nature. You know, uh, like um, by definition, at a very basic level, social media addiction is a compulsive need to spend excessive amounts of time engaged in, in social media activities, uh, such uh, that other important areas like work, like uh, spending time with family or friends are neglected. And the current estimates of the prevalence of social media addiction uh, are highly varied, but it is uh, through that, uh, uh, it is thought that uh, approximately Approximately 6 to 8% of individuals may experience problematic internet and social media usage, with some estimates going as high as actually 40%. Yeah, that's pretty high. Um, And when you think about it, I guess it does come down a little bit to definition um, as to whether you go with uh, 6 to 8% or 40%. I would just like to to actually challenge uh, challenge, um, uh, you and maybe uh, our our, uh, listeners Next time when they go down downtown and walk downtown, uh, when they when they look at people, what are a lot of people doing when they're walking uh, up and down the street? They're looking at their phones. <laughs> so, this is true. This is so true. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so who's most likely to get addicted? Um, what age group is the most vulnerable to this? Well, that's an interesting question. Last time we said uh, when it comes to most popular social media, which is like Facebook and YouTube, uh, both of them have 15 million users monthly in Australia, that the biggest users are the age groups between 25 and 39. 
Okay. However, what's important to mention here, Lyle, is that the brains, uh, uh, based on some estimates, brains are fully mature in, in late 20s. So say we could say that the brain of, of a person who is in mid to late 20s is, is, is uh, mature, but all the way to 39. So that age group, we, would, we probably would be right to say that their brains are formed and they may have a bit more re- resilience than the brains of younger people. So studies have shown that teenagers and young people are particularly vulnerable to developing social uh, media addiction. Um, as are individuals who are suffering from another mental condition, for example, for example, anxiety and depression. You know, one of those characteristics of, of that is that people don't like to actually go out and mingle with other people, mm. but they find it very comfortable to actually go on social media and, and be in their own room interacting while in essence they are not going out. So, uh, and, and when we look at that, you know, uh, that basically in itself may just, may just, um, Increase the number of people, you know, especially like when we are looking at, at, the, at the number of people who are suffering from depression and anxiety. Uh, how many people are actually already impacted, and their depression and anxiety may be aggravated further by actually their exposure, constant exposure to the blue light. Yeah, the blue the light and yeah. the screen yeah. and uh, the lack of natural sunlight yes. uh, being inside and so forth. Yeah, okay, so considering the statistics that we've just quoted on how many millions of people in Australia use social media every month, uh, percentage-wise, yeah, double digits does seem to be more likely than single digits. And when we talk about you know social media addiction, you know, in other words, I think that anywhere between you know twenty and forty percent of our population might be struggling with excessive use of social media. What are some of the signs that we might be addicted? You know, okay. maybe maybe I'm addicted. Maybe, maybe you're addicted. <laughs> yeah. How do we how do we know? <laughs> so, okay, uh, just keep in mind this definition of of, of addiction. What that is, yeah, it's of compulsive nature, and and it occupies so much of our time, and we lose control over that. So, uh, these are some of the signs. Um, difficult. With sticking, with sticking to limits you set for yourself on the use of social media or losing track of time while using social media on a, on a, on a regular basis. So maybe you had an intention to, to just quickly check something on surf the net or, 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 or social media for five, ten minutes couple of hours down the road you're still there you're still there so, so that that's one one uh, telltale of possible addiction then spending excessive amounts of time on social media uh, such that other important life tasks are neglected uh, for example you know for example we're no longer spending time with friends because we prefer to be on social media uh, not meeting deadlines at work because uh, you're constantly on social media not doing regular essential household chores because uh, all you spare, all your spare time is dedicated to being on social media. Sounds terrible, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? so, so, so also there are some other signs. Uh, changes in mood uh, when not engaged in social media. We become irritable, increasingly irritable, or, or, or you know, um, uh, or that kind of kind of feels a bit better when you when you log on on, on that social media. Uh, also, marked marked increase in distress or anxiety um, at the thought of not being able to go on social media. And you know, you know what? Uh, when I hear this, when I think about this, and when I think about children, you know, I actually am amazed. I hear this all, all the time by parents. If they actually try to confiscate their devices from the children, you know, or just limit their time, 
almost like a World War II breaks out or three breaks out in, oh, the, yeah. in, in their household. Oh, yeah. So that actually is a sign Absolutely. That, they, that there is addiction uh, going there, that there is this increased mm-hmm. irritability. Uh, and and um, also a sign that you may be addicted is when other people start questioning us and saying, what's going on? Especially those that are close to us, our family and friends and saying, hey, what are you doing? We're having a meal and, and, and you are, you are you know, uh, engaged in social media or other things. You know, well, texting is an interesting thing. It could be considered maybe some form of social because because WhatsApp, WeChat, and other things are based on, on actually texting, exchanging text messages. Yes, I think any time you sit down to eat, put the phone in the middle of the table, first person to touch it gets to do the dishes. Do the dishes. <laughs> That's right. You need to, to put in some rules there. Yeah. You know, so, what about uh, why do people become? Well, yeah. So, so yeah. Why do people become addicted? Well, you know, um, there are a lot of a lot of thoughts and, and theories uh, about that. Lyle, uh, I'll being being a being a, a pastor like yourself, and also being a counselor, I, I just would like to say that people are trying to fill the void in their heart. Yep, you know, absolutely. Uh, uh, with something, couldn't agree more. Uh, you know, maybe that there there is there is. Um, uh, not enough satisfaction in life. They're, they're doing something that they that gives them a bit of pleasure. Like for instance, there is a biochemical res- uh, response, and there is evidence to suggest that the reward center in the brain may be activated when we use technology, resulting in feel-good chemicals being released into the brain. I counsel some people, for instance, and a person is coming to me and disclosing that they're spending hours on social media, and I, I know that that actually person, particular person that discloses to me also is depressed mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, and they say so describe your feelings uh, I, I tell this person you know how do you feel she's uh, this person says I have this rush of excitement when I hear this ping when I hear the notification coming a response you know coming uh, to the message that I posted or something like that so there is this reward center that for a little while reinforces this feeling good so a bit like an adrenaline rush mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure you know and send we're, we're, yeah, we're going to come back and, and talk more about that in just a moment yes okay um, we'll take this song break and um, I, we want to talk more about you know um, what it is that is creating this kind of addiction I think it's very interesting. Back after this. Peace. Well- 
Welcome back, everybody. We're here with Davis Dojic, who is talking about social media addiction and um, why people become addicted to social media. David, you were just before this uh, song break talking about a, a biochemical response that takes place in the brain, and that gives us a uh, you know a, a, a rush of you know those I guess chemicals that make us feel good, the feel good chemicals. That's right. And people become addicted to so, that. So there is this addictive because we are psychosomatic beings. You know what happens in our thinking. In our thoughts actually produces chemical reactions, uh, you know, uh, in in our, in, our, in our bodies. So uh, it looks like these these there is a chemical side of that because of our thinking and our thoughts as well. So people feel that something is obviously their body is telling them that there is something missing because of this chemical. Uh, imbalance that actually happens in our brain as a result of that induced by social media then 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 there is another one that actually people by by and which feeds addiction is managing unpleasant feelings uh, uh, the internet provides opportunities to escape from the demands and difficulties of everyday life including including the unpleasant feelings that are normal part of, of being human such as anxiety loneliness depression stress or boredom so using social media also allows us to waste time and procrastinate from completing difficult or unpleasant tasks allowing further avoidance of unpleasant feelings so basically it's like a a way of escape mm-hmm. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. a place for people escape and explain exp- it's connected with that first one that we mentioned that chemical reaction in the brain in the brain so there's also you know uh, uh, people who actually um, um, have problem with their own image uh, with their self image uh, uh, they, they would find it difficult to go out but actually being in the safety of their room or if they're, if they're shy you know provides them that opportunity and and that becomes something like they feel this is my need this is how I actually fulfill my my my, my need for socializing and and uh, so um, uh, from a Christian perspective, as I said, I would like to say that, that uh, people are trying to meet that God-given need for social interaction. But beyond that, the need for, for, for fulfillment and happiness in their own life. And this is like a surrogate, not, not a real, a real deal. This is a surrogate for that. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so obviously God created us as, as social beings, and due to our you know human limitations, you know things like time, space, mental capacity, we can only have so many friends. That's right. Uh, so many good friends. <laughs> yes, and social media creates an illusion of friendship. You know, uh, but the friendships that we establish through social media, you know, are in many, perhaps most cases, very shallow. I'm thinking, how many thousand friends <laughs> do you and I have on social media? That's right. So if somebody is listening to this conversation. You know, somewhere in Australia who recognizes you know himself, herself. If you if you're thinking of yourself as an addict to social media, um, what can this person do? What treatment is available? David? Okay, well, you know, it was only if you if you years ago, uh, and now as you said, uh, Facebook has been there for 15 years. Just recently celebrated 15 years, and and YouTube, as we know, it may be less less than that. And uh, so, so uh, when I when I some time ago heard that there are clinics specifically targeting addiction from social media, I was like flabbergasted. I was thinking, man, has, has the world come come <laughs> to that that actually we have become so addicted to something like this? And so, so 
what actually can be done. Um, there, is, there is a particular uh, uh, therapy called cognitive behavior therapy, CBT. Um, uh, that, that one has shown effective, uh, shown as effective uh, in treating problematic social media um, uh, usage, uh, as there are a number of underlying causes for social media addiction. Uh, treatment um, by CBT, cognitive behavior therapy, will involve a comprehensive assessment which will enable uh, the counselor to understand the factors that have contributed to um, a person's difficulties and to tailor the treatment approach to their specific needs. You know? So basically, it's CBT is about reprogramming, really, somebody's mind, giving them a different point of reference, different way of thinking. And as a Christian pastor, I like CBT as it reminds me of Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2 in the Bible, uh, in the New Testament, that says, makes this profound statement, uh, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it says, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Absolutely. Now you're talking, David, that's a great text from Scripture that tells us where it is that renewal starts. Um, millions of people have, you know, pre-programmed their minds by reading the script, or sorry, reprogrammed their minds by reading the Scriptures and allowing God to change their way of thinking. They have become new creatures, as the Bible puts it. That's right. Uh, indeed, uh, as a Christian counselor, I allowed to use the scriptures in conjunction with some good insights from the behavioral science. And, and as the scripture puts it, every good gift comes from above. Even if those who have developed some of the counseling techniques and strategies were not even aware of that, but ultimately, every good gift comes from above, from God. Okay, can you share with us some of those strategies, the strategies that will help people you know, break the social media addiction? All right. So the social media addiction treatment will most likely include a combination of some of the following strategies. And this is not a kind of exhaustive list, but, but uh, with CBT, actually we, we focus on people's thoughts. You know, uh, what are people thinking? And we go deeper. You know, we, we, we look at beliefs, why people believe certain things. So the strategy will help people evaluate unhelpful thoughts or beliefs, which may, uh, may be um, uh, feeding or maintaining this addictive behavior. For example, such thoughts may include, if I don't check my Facebook, I'll feel anxious all day and won't get anything done. <laughs> you know, this may be a lie mm. that actually we are telling ourselves, or the devil is, is kind of feeding into our mind. Uh, another thought is, if I don't respond uh, to a comment, people will think I'm ignoring them. And, and if I don't get enough likes, then I'm not a good enough person. So these are actually the lies that we may be telling ourselves, or beliefs, four beliefs, that the world is going to crumble if we don't engage. But the world is going to continue to, to go on. You know, so we need to reprogram. We all survived quite well before social media. Quite well. And then another, so basically, thought reprogramming, reframing, you know, challenging those thoughts in, 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 in actually, we help people by, by asking them to, to keep their diary, journal, and then we basically are able to see, you know, their thoughts, what they're thinking, and help them to actually change their thinking. So, so we also put in place some behavioral strategies, 
and these include setting uh, achievable uh, achievable uh, behavioral goals uh, in relation to social media usage uh, and making changes to unhelpful behaviors such as reducing the frequency of checking or logging on it's just basically like almost any addiction yep. you know just putting more gap between each usage, usage usage until at the end you feel free and then then value based strategies you know people may be professing that they that they that they value certain things that they value their family that they value their work but if actually this really is is um, uh, impacting the the, the, the the families and their work we actually need to bring them to square one and say hey what do you think? Are you living consistently with, with your values? And we need to challenge them there. And th- then some people, well, we can also help them to manage difficult feelings. Uh, this therapy will involve teaching people alternative and more adaptive strategies for managing their emotional experiences so that uh, they do not need to return to the Internet to improve their mood or reduce feelings or, or anxiety or stress. And... Uh, and actually, um, and so on and so on. But let me just say at the, at the end, um, above all things, Lyle, above mm-hmm. all things, I recommend to anyone who is listening to this to get to know Jesus Christ. Uh, he's the one who sets the captives free, captives of all addictions. And he says in, in Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Uh, If there is anybody listening to this, I would just like to impress upon them to try Jesus, to try that relationship. He's the one who has set millions of people free from their addictions, from their wrong way of thinking. And, and and he can help. With and maybe this. we should say that prayer is the ultimate social media right there because That's you've right. got a friend who will never let you down, who will never say you know anything bad whatsoever. Thank you so much for joining us today, David. And uh, David will be joining us back again next week. But right now we have uh, Song Break followed by the 8 o'clock news and then Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Hey, are you part of camping caravanning scene? Join Australia's largest annual national gathering of travellers and caravanners at the Stewart's Point Convention Centre this year, Stewart's Point, New South Wales. It's an amazing campground among the trees. Inspirational Christian speakers. With incredible music. And beautiful beaches. And a relaxing environment. Be part of the community and make friends for life. May 10 through 18. Stewart's Point Caravan and Convention Centre. Contact Debbie on 024994 or simply email raynomads at adventist.org.au You're listening to Faith FM Positively Different Radio